Hey everyone, welcome back to the arena. I'm MD, joined by Matt over here, and once again, an awesome guest that we can't wait to get into, <laughs> but before any of that, just want to always share love and appreciation uh, for those that continue to follow us and, and uh, uh, show love and appreciation back to us. What's going on, guys? Uh, like MD alluded to, we've got another super awesome guest. Uh, this is Hector. Uh, I've been going to, Hector's a trainer at Mo Gym, and I, I saw Hector actually a couple of years ago when I used to live in the West Loop and then reconnected with Hector mm -hmm. now that I've moved back over here and have seen just a lot of stuff, uh, social media that Hector posts and, you know, it's, it's very inspirational from the physical side of things, but also from the mental side of things, which I think is uh, super cool. I think he takes a more holistic approach to health and wellness when he's training his clients. So without further ado... Uh, Hector, why don't you just kind of provide your background and kind of how you got to where you are today? Um, appreciate you guys for having me. No, for real. Uh, I don't do too many of these, so, you know, you came and approached me, not, but I really appreciate you guys for really bringing me on. It means a lot. Yeah. Um, what I say? I just call myself the trainer. You know, um, I've been in this space for about 10 years. I started when I was 22. I went to SIU for college. I played a little bit of JUCO basketball. Um, boxed when I was very young, not too much of that, um, but about 25, got into bodybuilding, did that, uh, got into the the pad work side of boxing, the coaching side, about 27, 28, got into the mobility around COVID, personal training I've been doing forever, and then I've been kind of coaching guys for like men's physique shows, bodybuilding shows, so I kind of almost do everything under the sun. I had a couple of high school guys I would... Um, train as well for sports uh, or strength and conditioning as well as uh, basketball skills training. So I've kind of done everything myself and I just kind of help everybody any way I can. So where did that desire or that want to help people come? Was that, that, was that instilled that to you at like an early point in your life and then like why personal training and then moving in? Because I think what's really cool about at least from what I've seen and heard mm -hmm. in the gym is you're having real conversations yeah. with people while you're, you know, while you're putting them to work on the yeah. physical side of things. And like, where did that come kind of come about? Yeah. So that came about, I started going to therapy at 25. Right. And the reason I actually initiated therapy, because somebody told me I was becoming like my mother and <laughs> like literally like, man, but it's bad. It's bad because she is the one person that can only ever trigger me. Right. Like I've, I told this recently, right. I, 95% of my life to me is perfect. Amazing. You can't, I'm grateful for everything and I'm blessed. It's that 5% of me having a relationship, of an intimate relationship, that I feel like stems from my mother. And I've, I, again, single parent, raised me, you know, by herself. Pop's been in jail since I was five. I'm named, probably, I think I'm named because I don't know, I think I'm named after my mom's boyfriend at the time, right? Because my pops was gang life, things like that, right? Um... So I'm a product of a single family home. My mom had to be very strict on me, obviously, which again I appreciate. But I understand that she had to. She had me at 20. She had to give up a lot of things. You know, I couldn't imagine having a kid at 20 doing it by myself in corporate America, um, property manager, one thing, project manager. So I seen my mom move in the corporate America, but I seen the person that she turned into, right? And then me understanding things was like when people have nobody and they come home. I'm the person she takes it out on, right? So seeing her very being being very mean to people, like just very stern and stuff like that, like 
I do that, but it's out of place of love. When I felt like she did that, there was some animosity or anger towards having me or whatever relationship she had when when I was younger, you know, things like that. So I don't want to be like that. Like I, when I tell you every day I strive to be the opposite end, it's like your trauma is going to make you or break you, right? And I've turned that so-called trauma of me growing up in that type of household and kind of using it for better. When you see me have these real, relationship, real relationships in the gym and also having these real conversations. So I started therapy at 25. Luckily, you know, I had, um, I'm blessed to have a therapist I actually went to school with. You know, she was obviously in psychology, got it. And I just hit her up like, I need to fix this, right? Because it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, no, nah, that's the last person I'm ever trying to be like. Describe right? that person. Who is that? Like, what person are you trying not to be? I'm trying to be a person that cares more for a person rather than what you can do for me, right? Um, my purpose in life, and I think everybody's purpose in life is to serve. Whatever, whichever right. way you Thanks. can do it, right? Passion is different. You like Again, if you were into finance, right, you want fitness, it doesn't matter. Like, we all have different passions on how we want to serve. And I only know, like, regardless in what area of my life, like, I'm not connected to personal training. Like, again, like, I like Jay Shetty and how he does it. Like, I like Think Like a Monk. Like, that's how I kind of have my mindset is I'm very grateful and I'm very blessed to even be here with you guys, right? So, being a trainer is what I do. It's not who I am. Who I am is here to help in general. I don't care how I do it. If you can teach me how to get into finance, right? That's a process to me, right? But I can never duplicate you and you can never duplicate me. That's just character in general and how your morals and values and what is instilled in you. That's who you are. But I feel like I can take who I am and go into any industry that I want just because of the person I am. And me, I just want to help people get to A to B however possible right but without i'm mean in effect like i show tough love but i know it's like i will never really try to hurt a person to get there like i know where to trigger you at if i need to but that's to get you to move just to move the needle a little forward my mom was just very to me very angry hateful and for no reason and that's how i didn't like it where it was just like all right now you're crossing the line now that's too much and so that's the person I always try to kind of stay away from was like, it's not about me. Like, I know I need to help as many people as possible just because I feel like that's my purpose in this world. Yeah, I mean, there's two ways to build the tallest building. One mm -hmm. is to bring is to tear every other one down and one mm -hmm. is to actually build the tallest one. Right. And it sounds like, you know, I, I think maybe some of that stemmed from insecurities. But mm -hmm. I mean, I think oftentimes myself included, we try to make ourselves feel better by bringing other people down. Mm -hmm. I know I saw that early in my life. I did that a lot in my life. And now, now ultimately, I realize instead of a scarcity mindset, more of an abundance mindset, mm -hmm. we can all win. Right. We don't have to bring other people down. And I guess That's my true. question as it relates to therapy is, like you went there, it sounds like for one reason mm -hmm. specifically, yeah. like what did you learn about yourself? And then were there other parts of your, your life, whether it's relationships, uh, things about yourself personally that you learned um, outside of maybe why you originally went there. Yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time, like, it was emotional intelligence. Like, it's scary to the point where people think I'm a robot, right? Like, I control everything. I tell people all the time, just because you call me a name doesn't mean I have to feel that way, right? Or feel, if like I tell people, like, if you curse at me, call me, whatever, right? I don't have to feel disrespected. I have to be allowed to be disrespected. I take a lot of control of me. And then again, in therapy, you realize like it's on me, like it's my fault. Accountability is on me, regardless of whatever situation I put myself in, whatever happened, it's not the other person's fault. Everything is on me. And so when you realize, again, you take control of your life, 
um, you understand emotions and how not to move off emotions. Like, I, I don't move off emotions at all. And some people are like, well, you're a robot. Like, no, I can, I still feel everything. Like, again, I believe kind of big in astrology where it's like I know my, my moon is in cancer. Like, I understand where I have people around me. Like, I want you to dive into that and explain it to me why I am the way I am. Because the stars line up and I walk into who I am. You know, and I think you coupling, knowing the astrology, coupling it with therapy, I think you have the greatest mix because you know what your habits and traits are. You know what you need to work on. You know what you can stay away from, things like that. And so bringing that together kind of makes me who I am. Also, again, therapy gave me the emotional intelligence to not move off that, to obviously process before I make any decision, right? Nothing irrational ever happens for me, but you can say that because I'm a Virgo, right? Like, there's so many things you can pinpoint. Um, so yeah, so definitely emotional, intelli emotional intelligence was when I learned how to control everything about me and obviously how to take accountability and to realize like... How do, you, how do you instill that in your clients? So the thing is, is awareness. The biggest thing is awareness. Like even when it comes to, even when I do it for mobility, it was like you cannot fix something that you're not aware of, right? If I tell you who you have anger problems... You don't know that unless somebody tells you that you have anger problems. You might feel angry, but unless somebody points it out from that different perspective, you don't know it, right? And so that's the big thing where it's like I ask questions. As much as sometimes, yes, I probably judge people, but I don't care what you do. I want to know why you do what you do. That's my biggest thing because once, like I honestly just had a client Friday that's broke down and cried to me. But again, I'll bring you in there for fitness, right? But the question is, is like... Me understanding everybody wants this physical body, right? Yeah, but you got to understand emotionally and mentally, are you even equipped to get there, right? It takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes a lot of mental grit to consistently go in the gym. Like what's driving you. And it, and it takes accountability, right? Exactly. I think that's where... So we actually just had a guest in, uh, in her book that she wrote. Mm -hmm. you know, there's this idea of locus of control. I don't yeah. know if you've heard of locus mm -hmm. of control, but... What you're describing is you have yeah. an internal facing locus of control, meaning I'm in control. Yes. Everything is my fault or my responsibility. Yes. Um, you know, the result, the end result ultimately is a reflection of what I, you know, put into it. Mm -hmm. You probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, you probably come across a number of clients that have more of an external locus of control, yeah. meaning, you know, I'm not in shape because these are all the circumstances For and sure. factors outside of my life that For have sure. impacted this, or I didn't stay disciplined to the plan you put me on because X, Y, Z, and what they're not doing is looking inwardly and looking for how can I make this my fault? Right. So a question for you is like, what's your method of instilling your perspective on somebody like that in what can be a sensitive conversation? Mm -hmm. Well, one, I'm just, I make it very homey in, in mode where it's like people come up to talk to me. I don't think I'm intimidating at all. Everybody sees me talking to everybody. Um, again, I can go back to my cancer moon where it's like, I give that homie vibe or it's like, I never had more of a conversation Charisma. with you guys. Right. I've never had a conversation with you guys before, friend, right. right? This is our first one. And it's like, it's open because of who I am. Again, I'm not going to judge things like that, but it's hard, right? How do I go from an external, you know, locus of control to an internal? Because again, people are coming to me to look externally a certain way. But what they don't understand is you need to have that internal either motivation or whatever drives you. But those external factors are still true, right? They might have kids. They might have family. But it's the awareness of understand, like, what are your priorities, right? Where does this fitness goal or health goal lie amongst that? Yeah. So it's not, I'm not, I never want to give them, I, I, we still realize, like, hey, this is real, that's real, that's real. 
But again, if you want this whatever external body to look like, you have to still understand three, these three factors and where does this line up in it and what are you willing to do, right? Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like I, I, I never tell but I, I want everybody to get what they want. But again, I don't think they understand what comes with it or the work that comes with it when they say they want these things or what should, they're willing to sacrifice, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like even when Denzel has the, the thing going around, he's like, when you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants this body, right? But understand, you still got to eat right. You still have to sleep right. You got to make sure um, your hormones are in check. You got to make sure your your water intake is good. Make sure your supplements. It's like there's so many things to get this body that you wish for. And I'm like sitting there like. As long as you understand all this comes with it, and on a daily basis, until you get there, regardless, and again, you won't see it, which we know in fitness, you won't see it for three, six, nine, twelve months to a couple of years. It's just like, can you do that over and over and over until you get to what you, you know, want? Basically, you know, people want to be at the top oh, of, sure. of a mountain, for sure. but they don't want to climb the mountain. You know, nobody's ever gotten to the top of Mount Everest exactly. and hated rock climbing. You know, the only people who get to the end destination are the people who actually want the journey. Exactly. Like, have Love you had process. to instill that a little yeah. bit? Because people have this idea in their head of what they want to see in the mirror. Right. But what they overlook is just the, the journey, which, by the way, will have setbacks exactly. no matter what. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want that journey ultimately? Yeah. And yeah. is that something you talk through with your clients? Yeah. And so, me, like, I, I think I did 75 hard for the whole year. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Right. So, I did the whole year, right? So, 365 hard? Well, no. But it was just like the 75 hard was just uh, 75 hard phase one, phase two, phase three. Got it. So, it's 165 days out of 365, right? And that was more for me, right? It was like I like the mental challenge of it mm -hmm. was like. You can't mess up not once, right? But again, it shows you, regardless of your priorities, you can get everything done if you prioritize and if you time management right. Where it was like, I did it and had another 50 people join me, right? I, I didn't do it for them to join me. I just showed them, like, heck, what is that? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, this is what it is. But I had clients, even if they didn't finish it for the first two weeks, like, how did I lose this much weight? It's the process. Yes, it comes with fitness results, but it's the mental aspect of... Uh, drinking a gallon of water a day, doing the two workouts, one indoor, one outdoor. Obviously, no cheap meals, eating the right foods. It's the process of every day doing it. And after 10 and a half weeks, well, no shit. You're going to have, you're going to have fitness results. But again, like you said, as long as you understand the process or you can fall in love with the process, you'll be fine. And do, you, do you explain that to people up front? Oh, and if sure. so, have you had people that are like, you know what, I, this isn't for me. Yeah, for sure, all the time. All the time, Because again, it's just like, what do they see, right? Social media, where it's like, we see these fitness influencers. I'm like, yeah, but that's their job. Yeah, but they're 24. You're 36 with two kids in a whole career. It's just like, you have more money than them. Yes, I get it, but you can't go back in time. And I still have to you think should only be in battle. You should only be battling yourself. Right. And, and it's the people are always comparing themselves to other things. And it's like... And I don't mind. And I don't even mind it. But I'm saying you got to understand how much... And you got to look at that person. Like, you might see the result. How much time does that person put in? Right? What is... What is... How do I say? Like, that's their career. The fitness is a career. If you, if Again, if you're in finance and somebody... You're putting your eight hours mostly into finance. They just say regularly, right? They're putting their eight hours into fitness. Well, no shit. They're supposed to look like that. But I guarantee your bank account looks like finance. Right. So it's just like somehow we always want something we don't have. Or it's like that. I guarantee those fitness people want your money and then vice versa. You want their body. So we always want something we don't have. And it comes down to priorities like you said, right? Do you want to prioritize income or exactly. do you want... And how do you balance both, right? And exactly. So and that's why it's hard for a lot of fitness income or, or uh, up-and-comers where it's like, you know, I, I manage Kenzie Ken Vance who's in there. You know, and she's grown tremendously where she's able to do both, where it's make a whole lot of money and be in fitness what she likes. But that's 
you know, it's very, very slim people who make that much amount of money in fitness. And I'm sitting there like, well, that's all she does all day. And again, she's got to produce the content. She has to record every part of her life. Yeah, it's a fitness influencer that people want to be, but let's look in the background. Record when you're in your car. Record when you go to the grocery store. Working Edit all day. And that's what I'm saying. And I honestly was one of them people like, that's not a real job. I was one of those people that believe, I'm like, what are y'all doing? But me seeing how much, I, I just want to get out because I'm like, you film. What the fuck? What the fuck is this? But to see how much time and work has to go into it, the same way you guys got to buy everything, I'm sitting there like, oh, goddamn, this is a lot of work. But outside looking in, you don't see so, it. So for you, yeah. what what do people not see? Right? Like, let's say on Instagram, people see Hector. He's got a lot of followers. He's yeah. got, you know, he's doing well in the gym. Like, yeah. what, what do people not see in terms of the process and what you have to do? I don't, I mean, they, they, if they watch me, they see it all. It was just like, I do it every day. I think that's what people kind of don't see where it's like, but I've been doing this for so long. Like I've only gotten what 70 something thousand followers now, but I've been on Instagram since 2013. Like I built a real community first before my stuff blew up. And the reason my stuff blew up was probably because of somebody else. It wasn't cause of me, right? Like, oh yeah, jazz stuff. Like I know what hits on Instagram. But I even talked to one of my uh, one of my clients, Hayek, who worked for Facebook and things like that. So marketing genius, right? Where it's like, yes, just because I went viral for that and I got all these followers, I didn't chase the trend. I've always been authentically me. I post what I want. You guys see it. Like I post what I want, when I want, how I feel. My Instagram is for me and to show you what it is. I am not trying to be too strategic where I lose myself in the numbers. I don't care. I just show you guys, hey, this is what I do. And people like it and people rock with it because, again, I cannot focus too much on the strategy. It's like, hey, this is what I post. And, again, the last video I had with Genesis, who's an actor on the shot, I didn't know it was going to do numbers like that. I put up a five-minute video. And, again, what do people say? Oh, it's the short-form content that goes crazy or gets views. I don't care. I'm going to post what I want because it's my page. And that's why it's been so sustainable for you. That's why you've been doing it since 2013 because you're you're doing it for yourself. You're doing what you want to put out there. You're not... You're not going towards a trend. And I think that that's why you've been able to do what you're able to do. And exactly. If I, and the only trend I would follow is like, yeah, I got mic'd up like i seen somebody else do. But even then, it's the fact of like, that was funny and I liked it. It wasn't, it wasn't that I was all, well, because you're getting a lot of followers off that. No, I'm just like, man, I talk a lot. You know, my clients are funny. I got, I got people of real value who can even share to the rest of the world. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me just do this. And after I got it, it went from, okay me having roasting sessions with one of my clients. And again, that's that's genuine. Like, I don't we can, you know, we go below the belt, things like that, but we understand a relationship where I'm not gonna go like that with everybody. But me and Tina, you know, one of uh another one of my clients of mine who's a chef, it's like we battle all the time and it's funny though. And that's the reason why I put up and there's some people like me and Jazz will have deep conversations and there's other people I talk marketing where it's like I like to be well rounded. I like to learn in general. So all these people around me, because I got billionaire clients millionaire clients and I got people who are good at this one good at that and I'm one of them people that jump around like oh I like that like that like that like that and then it's just like it helps me be a well-rounded person and then I get I get called to know it all because I'm like give me the books I just want the books from everybody so I can formulate my own opinion and come back to you and say like oh this is what I read this is what I think can you help me or give me feedback if I am going in the right direction or if I have this down pat but I like to learn everything and anything that's why I say I'm not attached to fitness it's just cool, it's my passion, it's what I like, but I can take me and go into any industry and actually learn the process of it, I, whether it's IT, construction, real estate, it doesn't matter. There's a true process to get to A to B 
Same way there is to be a personal trainer. Like you said, you're studying for your stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you're, right. and you're, your North Star right now is you live authentic to who yourself is. Have to. Uh, or who you are. Yep. Um, and you, one of your values, it seems like, is serving other for people. Sure. Um, not, life is not my, about My me. question for you, though, is you know, authenticity, uh, service, you know, selflessness. Is this, is this instilled in you at a young age? Is this something you've learned in therapy? Help us understand, like... Maybe we start with serving yeah. others, and then yeah. we can move to authenticity. And I want to, as on that topic, like mm-hmm. it only came for me once I was able to actually face my insecurities and work right. through them. Before that, everything was about myself. I was so self-centered because yeah. I was, you know, the world revolves around me. The pro, like you know, all this. Why does all this shit have to happen yeah. to me? Once I was able to kind of work through what I need to work through, that's where the service. Now that service kind of aspect has come from of mm-hmm. wanting to you know help others be more compassionate so like where did it come from for you yeah i mean honestly i've been doing it since i was younger like i was always been a team captain things like that getting everybody to move so it was just that as i am when i'm again i play basketball so as a team leader the point guard like i always mm-hmm. control the floor right i love to pass the ball like steve nash is always my, jason kidd they're always my favorite steve, steve nash is my guy man you feel me? Like, those player. are my favorite point guards and that's my favorite that's my favorite player ever so it's like I've always been a pass first person. Here, you score. Cool. I just I never I never wanted it to yep. ever be about me, right? And it wasn't a place of insecurity. Like me, the only time I feel like I'm ever insecure or ever was insecure is when I got done with balls. Like, all right, I'm short and skinny. No girls are gonna want me. You know, in high school I had a lot of acne and I obviously I'm like, okay, obviously I can't get taller, let me get more swole. Great. That was always coming um I wouldn't say it was an issue, but it was more like, okay, I understand what my insecurity is, right? I'm skinny. Okay, cool. How do you fix that? And again, I tell people, I started fitness off vain. Like, every girl that played me in high school was going to feel it. I get, like, literally, like, feel like, like, you all played me in high school because you thought I was short, skinny. I was still funny. Personality has never changed. You can ask anybody. I'm still this funny, annoying guy that's always on everybody's ass. Like, that's just how I've always been. And so, now it's just more of, now I coupled it with therapy. Now I'm just a lot more mentally on a whole different level like emotionally i can't be moved instead of being so tricked. what's what's that inflection point like so you always want to serve others you always want to be a team captain yeah you always want to help other people Add develop value. you Add want to value. be a team player mm-hmm. where what's the next level of growth that you've found for yourself is that the authenticity piece what else like do we do we get is from it a, the emotional from intelligence to, from the therapy side of yeah it? as far as what though like break that down more how does it take you to your next level? In life for me? In life for you. I mean, honestly, I don't, I wouldn't say I can't go higher, right? There's always growth. But to me, it's like what obviously, you know, I just got our relationship. Um, 95, again, 95% of my life is perfect, I feel, in my head, right? It's like only thing I get better is I learn more, right? But I, I feel I like, want to stop right there. Yeah. I think I would, I, I would, I bet there's 10% of people in the world that feel that way. I First yeah. of all, you know, I feel yeah. like so many people are like, looking at what they don't have relative mm-hmm. to actually what they do. Yeah. So I think you're on, like that alone, that statement shows you're on the right path. Because I tell people all the time, like I'm in a place where I get I get three things in one thing. Like people are like, why don't you leave mode? I say, I got a purpose to serve, passion and fitness, and I get a paycheck and I get paid more than most people. So it's like, why? what am I searching for more, right? Two things you need to master is mindset and society, right? Mindset is how you see everything, perspective of being grateful and blessed. The second thing is money. That's it. And once you've got both, because you feel like somebody's always chasing something. I'm going to get more just because of the process. I'm not going to go search for more. I'm going to get more just because I know the process to get more. But I'll never get lost in it because of the mindset. 
It's either somebody really has the money, don't have the mindset, or has the mindset that doesn't have the money. I have both. So that's why I can tell you, like, in my life, in my head, 95%, I don't need more. Am I going to get more? Yeah, because I just work. Like, that's I'm, I'm going to get more because I'm working. It's not because I'm chasing more. I couldn't tell you how I got here, but all I know is what I did day to day. So one of the topics we have talked about more recently is, um, obviously, you don't get to where you're at without some level of discipline for sure. 75 hard is mm -hmm. the epitome of being disciplined mm -hmm. you know and driving consistency which yeah. we talked about process mm -hmm. you also have a, a therapeutic side to you in, in the sense that you understand your emotions your emotional intelligence mm -hmm. how do you balance this idea of i'm going to do things regardless of how i feel mm -hmm. with understanding hey how i feel is valid right. and i need to protect my mental health and give myself that sort of space. So how do you balance being as disciplined as you are and also um, you know, being generous to your mental health in a sense, not to say that discipline's bad for your mental health, yeah. but you know, the, the times where you don't feel like it. Yeah. You know, do, you, do, do you start to get into your head a little bit around, man, maybe I should take a step back? Mm -hmm. Or does the discipline side tend to win? How do you balance the two? So I don't, right? So I think they're coupled together because my emotions don't move me to do anything I don't want to do, right? So mm -hmm. let's talk about discipline is like who I am, right? If I set out to do something, I have to do it. That's just the expectation I put on myself. But it's not the expectation of, like, again, I want to be perfect. And I, but I know I'm not going to catch it, but it's not going to mess with my mental health at all. But again, I tell people, like, I don't deal with, again, the 99% of um, things people deal with on a regular day-to-day -day basis. Like, I work with who I want to work with. I'm in a place I want to be. I do what I want to do. Not too many people get that, right? They either hate their coworkers, they hate their job, they hate the relationships that they're in or things like that. It's like, I don't deal with that 99% of the time. So people like, when do you unwind? I'm, I'm not stressed. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, my life is very, is very peaceful, but people feel like, and again, God puts things in other people that he doesn't put in others. So it's like, my capacity is here, but I've worked to get it here. And I'm fine. Like, I don't feel like I'm ever going to crack or ever going to break because I have built, you know, a place of peace in my stuff. And yeah. I invite other people in. And they're like, it's church. Not, it's not your, it's not <laughs> like, you're, like church. You're not at the perfect gym. You're not having the perfect clients. You don't have all the money in the world, right? It's your perspective that's winning. It's being at peace and realizing what you do have. And that, that's ultimately like, we, you could always want a bigger gym. You could always want a more perfect client. You could always want to charge a higher hourly rate, but you have a perspective that you found peace in yeah, where a lot of people, they might be at the job they want to be. They might have employees that they should be grateful for. Exactly. And it comes down to gratitude ultimately. Right. And, and is again, now gratitude, is that something that you've built an understanding and an mm -hmm. appreciation for post or pre-therapy? Uh, probably... Post, definitely, because again, for me, of, for me too. Yeah, yeah. definitely change your perspective. And again, I'm around uh, Jamal King, the 9 to 5 millionaire. Um, he's around Eric Thomas, which is obviously one of the best. Yeah, I read his book. You feel me? Yeah, so one of the best, number one motivational speaker in the world. So it's like, when I talk to him about my spiritual journey, he's like, how do I get closer to God? He was like, first you need to understand the manufacturer before you read the instructions, right? So he was just like, don't ask God for anything. Just be grateful for everything. Right, and that definitely changed my perspective on things where it's like, I'm grateful for 
choose. I'm grateful for hands. I'm grateful for health. I'm grateful for everybody in my life. And it's just like, I've kind of kept going into that because I don't need to ask for anything. I don't need to ask God for anything, right? I'm grateful and blessed in everything I do. And I know what he's given to me. And even when even when I questioned God a lot, right? I was in a, at this conference uh, with my ex-girlfriend and it was more like I haven't given over my life to God at that point. But I'm sitting there asking the question of people go to church and for some reason, if you have so much faith in God, why don't you have faith in yourself? And that was my biggest thing because it's like you believe in this, but you don't believe in you, even though you feel like he has given you your power to do what you need to do. It doesn't make sense to me, right? And so that's the thing where I was like, I, I question people's faith a lot because I'm, like, I'm sitting there like, if you believe in God, how don't you believe in yourself when he created you? Obviously, you're not perfect, but it's like, if you feel like he's giving you everything you need, why ever stress? And again, I, and again, the same thing where it's like, you know, I learned Jamal's uh, pops was sick and he was calm about it because he's like, if I'm not in control, I know who is, is God. And that's the thing where people want to try to have, I have control over my life and what I can do. I know, again, can't control the weather. I can't control what you guys do. Again, I only control me, but I'm not going to sit here and stress and have anxiety and, you know, feel depressed because you guys aren't moving the way I need to move. But again, does that, is that a bad thing? Because it's like, oh, heck, you don't care. No, I, I, I can't do anything about it. So me feeling a way about it, why? I, can't, I cannot physically do that, anything about That's exactly about what happened to me. It took me so long. It's like my sexuality was like the place of ultimate shame and right. guilt and embarrassment for so long. And I was trying to control something mm -hmm. that I ultimately had no control over. And it just drove me just down every night, you know, down a rabbit hole. And like just led to so many negative emotions. And once I was able to finally just let go and accept what is, mm -hmm. that's, how I be, that's how I became more grateful. Because then when I did accept myself... And other people accepted me for who I was. I was mm -hmm. like, I got nothing, nothing in the world to complain about. Like, and now I write every day. I write a gratitude journal. I'm grateful that I got a body that I can move because I love working out. You know that 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 shit can get taken from you in a day. You yeah. know, like you tear you tear your ACL like I have, and yeah. you quickly realize like stuff can get taken from mm -hmm. you. And that's why I've been exactly. able to. You know, and so for me, it came post therapy and post kind of going through kind of my dark what I needed to work through exactly what's the what's the biggest blocker for your clients uh just trend level right so I didn't aggregate say you, you've had a thousand clients you mm -hmm. know what is the number one primary blocker between them and their own you know progress and we'll, we'll define progress as success awareness and that's because they don't know who they are and where they are. Where it's like, okay, you first you gotta know where you are to know where you wanna be, right? And it's the thing of like, again, what do you see on social media, right? Fad, diets, lipo, things like that. And I'm sitting there like, that's why I made the thing was like, all roads lead back to heck is because you still gonna have to come see me. Whether it's for health, <laughs> whether it's for fitness, whether it's for boxing, whether it's for mobility, like I've made myself so valuable in Chicago, you're gonna have to come see me for one thing. Even it's to talk to me therapy you're gonna have to come see me one time or next whether if it's not you don't stay with me but you are going to have to come down this path but that's me doing all of the work right and so i think it's the awareness because it's like they don't under they're not even aware of their priorities it's such a building block it's yeah. self-awareness and that's hard for them to see it because i have to be on a perspective like okay well talk to me all right how many kids you got cool and then break down to me what your day looks like cool okay are you meal prepping do you even have time to meal prep do you have money for a chef so it's like i know they want to do that but does life allow you to it? Or are you going to open up space in your life to make it happen? And some people don't sit there and think like, again, remember, it's not one day, it's every day. So you got kids and it's like, okay, the kid might get sick. What are you going to do, right? And what's the priority is going to is that going to take? Especially, you know, I train a couple of single mothers, so I know it's hard for them. So I'm not putting stuff on them. So I'm telling you, don't put it on you. Just do the process of what your 100% looks like every day. 
but trying to keep them locked in. It's just like you, the people don't focus on their health first, right? Money to survive in society, right? Like they can't. I think it's a remember. I'm a luxury, not a necessity. Like people, you you pay a car note or hire to come see me, and you literally can walk. I tell people all the time, just walk, just walk. I just need you to walk and eat right. And and one guy had told me like, not even for me, he was like, hey, I lost a hundred pounds. I'm like, how'd you do it? I walked and ate right. Like it's it's so simple, but it's crazy because people don't think it's all this other stuff. And yeah, there's to be a bodybuilder, the intermittent like, fast and yeah, all like, these different I mean, types of right. There's a million and one things, but again, what works for you? And I tell people all the time, like even though I can write the perfect plan, it might not be the perfect plan for you because I can't tell somebody. Somebody tells me, "Hey, heck, I'm doing everything right and it doesn't work." Well, then that's my fault because if you're telling me you're giving me 100 mm-hmm. percent these areas, I gave you the wrong plan. Then that's on me. But people don't even find out what their 100 percent looks like before they want to take some alternative route to get to where they want to be. It's like they never gave 100 percent to diet, nutrition, or uh, diet, exercise, sleep, water, supplements, hormones. Like, they've never truly given 100% before trying to take a shortcut and be like, all right, cool, I'm just going to get lipo. Or cool, I'm going to get a BBL. Like, again, I deal with it a lot. And it's not bad. I don't mind the clients that get those things. But again, they still have to come see me. Oh, it it bothered me, man. I saw an article the other day. It was Mm -hmm. like, it, it was on CNBC, and it was just talking about the the market for weight loss drugs and mm-hmm. how it's just exploding. Well, like, yeah. But that, but again, that's fine. But again, at the end of the day, it's like you still can't take a pill and be healthy. Like you can be take yeah. a pill and be skinny. You can go get a surgery and look the way you want to look. Every day we are built to move. It doesn't matter. Like you can't just sit here, eat bullshit and do whatever. You're still going to have to move. And at the end of the day, you're still going to have to come see me because people lack what? Accountability. I literally, I'm 2% of their whole month of what they got to see. I see you two hours in a whole week, right? Obviously, maybe what, maybe eight to 12 times in a whole month for one hour. And I have to, that's why it's so important to physically, I mean, mentally get them to change. Because I don't see them enough to physically change in that hour. It has to be mental because if somebody's willing to take a pill just to look a certain way, but they don't actually prioritize wanting to be healthy, well, that... All the priorities are out of whack at that point, right? It's not even about ability. It's not even about... Um, you know, having to do the work. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it starts just understanding, like, what do you want and why do you want it? If you want to be physically fit, why? Mm-hmm. You said you started lifting out of vanity. For sure. Some other guests we talked to, I, I think most people probably start getting into the gym because they were bullied about their body weight right. or whatever it was. Um, but they start to kind of deviate away from what ultimately should be a priority and why we should be in a gym mm-hmm. or moving our body or walking, right, right. is ultimately because of our health. And health is first, right? And, and is that something you try to coach into people? Yeah, I tell people health and fitness don't go hand in hand, right? Health is just not stressing a lot, eating the right foods, walking, cool. That's a foundation. But what's the problem, right? Everybody wants this vanity look. So you need to hopefully have a foundation of health and then build this bodybuilding physique. But again, it takes a lot more. And again, is it going to add more stress to you than what you should be? What, what's, let's say, the number one killer is stress, mm-hmm. Right. That's because people are trying to keep chasing something. I'm sitting there like, you're healthy. If I tell, again, if I tell you you're the healthiest person in the world, people are like, nah, that's not good enough. I want to look this way. Great, but at what cost? Right. Right? What are you willing to do just to look that way? Then I got to ask, why do you want to look that way? Right? And which brings me down to like, I don't even know if they sell this book anymore. Right? It's called The Thought Diet. The crazy thing is, that book landed on my bed and I don't know how. I think my mom had brought it in, but it was crazy because I was thinking about it. It was crazy. And it talks about like quantum physics and things like that. But that's where it's like the thought diet was like emotionally you can make yourself skinny or emotionally you can make yourself fat. 
Like, it's just, again, mm -hmm. the chemicals and the chemistry in your body that changes from how your emotions are, right? And that's the first time I picked up a book, and kind of that's what kind of helped me switch from a physical, like, going going into fitness, thinking straight physical, now to going into the mental side of it. And that's just one of those just books. General well-being. Yes, and it, and, it, and, it, and it came on my bed, but it talks about, like, the quantum realm, like, quantum realm type thing where it's just, like, it's... It's obviously we know we're spiritual beings having a human experience, but that's how we that's how it kind of got into my mind. Oh wow, this is more mental than it is physical. So and that was even I think that was right. It might have been a little bit before therapy, but that book just laying on my bed. I opened it up, started reading, and that kind of just really changed my perspective. And then obviously coupling that with me going to therapy is kind of did you there. did you have a similar experience it, for me when I when I went to therapy and after I kind of worked through what I needed to work through and was it like had a much clearer vision and purpose and all that stuff I wanted to I saw then a lot of people struggling mm -hmm. like I saw a lot of myself and other people probably for different reasons right. and I wanted to help them and I would tell them like go to therapy it's been so great mm -hmm. for me and it just like it they they were not receptive at all to the mm -hmm. idea and I was like damn but I, I want to help these people and what it taught me is right. like you can't you can act as kind of like a catalyst to help mm -hmm. people but mm -hmm. you can't help people need to have, want to help themselves right. did you have you had a similar experience oh, for sure you know all the time like i but i you know i never again get caught up too much into it like you have an avenue but to me that just comes with trust again the messenger to me sometimes or the message isn't as important as the messenger like again as kids we might really not listen to our parents but one of our friends say oh we're gonna listen to them so it's the thing of like why do people trust me well it's because when i finally went public about it i think maybe in 2018 i think i started going in 2015 right so 2018 i just started talking about it and people like trusted me already with their body and now they're trusting me with emotionally right if you trust me for if i trust you with my money for finances i'll trust you with something else right so it's just like that first like how do i base them uh, or what, how do I get that initial? You gotta trust lead in? by example. Exactly right. And, exactly right. And so that's one. But then the second thing is I ask why. Like me and another mode member, we were on a treadmill. He was like, "Heck, uh, we talked about therapy. Like, you want to go?" He's like, "Man, you know how?" Again, I asked that question. Well, why do you think therapy is a joke, or why do you think it's not helpful? And he was like, "I think everybody's trying to look for a savior in therapy." And I'm sitting there, okay, I just just let him keep talking, right? And he was like, "Heck, I think people." again, want somebody to save them or something like that. And then he goes back to, well, even a therapist needs a therapist. Yeah, I mean, every trainer needs a yeah. trainer. Like, somebody is always going to have to learn. And so I'm sitting there talking to him, but I'm like, no, it's just like, he gave me the perfect example. It's, um, have you seen the movie Antoine Fisher? I, no. I haven't seen it. No? So Antoine Fisher, it's a movie with him and Denzel, Denzel Washington. Basically, the dude's in the Navy, something like that. He's got a sergeant, and he going to talk to him. And it was like, Denzel was basically the therapist, um... And he just basically got him, made the kid aware of all his issues was, went back to his parents and, you know, foster care and things like that. And so once I referenced that movie or he referenced the movie, it clicked for him what therapy was truly about. But I have to sit there and ask questions. Like, even though they might be resentful towards it, ask them why. Like, I love asking people why. That's how I got that client on Friday to, to bust out in tears. I'm sitting there like, okay, why are you hurt? I can tell you are. I can tell like when you get when you see people talk like you can see how they start to feel and change. But again, it's like you gotta ask them why. And even therapists will say that. Like my therapist, I was so thankful to her mm -hmm. after I was, you know, a few months in and she was like, I love like I told her I started the podcast on mental health and she's I love that you've been able to do all this mm -hmm. but don't forget you're the one doing all the work. Yeah. And that was something I needed to hear is like they even therapists will tell you themselves, like 
I mean, you can go to therapy, but unless you're willing to actually be vulnerable with yourself and with mm-hmm. the therapist and actually break yourself down, yeah. I mean, you can sit in that room for an hour. You're not going to gain anything out of it. Like, you're still the one doing the work. Exactly. Um, well, go ahead. So what's, what are your, what's next for you? Like, you're, you're saying, I always want to learn. I always want to level up. 95% of my life is perfect. Are you yeah. chipping away at the 5%? Yeah, well, what about the 5%? What's next for but you? The, but the 5% doesn't have to do with me as a crazy thing. Well, it does and it doesn't, right? The 5% is, can I find somebody... Or can I even allow myself to love somebody, I guess, as much as I love myself? Oof. All right, I, let's get into that. Okay, right? So, again, I just got this out of my... This is my topic right here. <laughs> but that's why I got out of my, my relationship, right? All my stuff is on me, right? I told her, like, I, I tell people, like, it's like Michael Jordan when he was winning MVPs, not championships, right? It's all about me. It's all about me. I don't, I don't need help. I don't want help. So, it's like, heck, why were you in a relationship? Because I was delusional enough to think that I can have a relationship that works without working on the relationship, right? I didn't want to go out on dates. I like being at home. I was in the gym all day anyway. You know, I didn't want to take time out from away from work to do that. I talked to two therapists. One was my original therapist. Another one is a relationship therapist. She was like, said it perfectly. Like, heck, you're not willing to divorce work to marry a woman. And I'm not. And it's just like, hey, can both of those things coexist? I'm pretty sure they can. But in my head, they can't, right? And I figure out why. It was like, okay, emotionally, my mother never gave me what I needed, ever. So who, who do I get it from? Myself. You heard of attachment styles? Yeah, dismissive. You avoided? Mm, I went, maybe. Dismissive? Dismissive, for sure. So I got to find out the other one. Because when I take that test, secure. Oh. Right. So when, when I talked to her, she was like, dismissive, for sure. Because I... Whether what you guys do, whatever you do, it's not going to affect me. So I don't really care. You've always had to take care of yourself. Emotionally. Emotionally. Emotionally, I always had to take care of myself. And I'm sitting there because, again, if I'm not going to get it from my mother, where am I going to get it from? You have to learn to give it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's why I told my mom, like, I appreciate everything she's done, even though she might not think I'm grateful for it. But she was a provider. She wasn't a nurturer. Mm -hmm. Roof over my head, right? Food on the table, clothes on my back. Never had a struggle for anything, right? Even though we might even live in a, in a... This was our apartment, this size. Cool, but I never went without. We, even though we was, I was in the best neighborhoods, but we were always in the, the garden units, things like that. But again, I, I was appreciative for it, but it was more the emotional... I hate saying like emotional abuse or, or uh, verbal abuse of like you're going to yeah. end up like your father, right? Mm-hmm. You never, you're never, not going to do things. And, it, and it's crazy because I didn't do anything wrong. It might just be me talking at work or things like that. Like my mom literally came on the basketball court outside and physically slapped the shit out of me, right? In front of everybody. Like I had one of those type of mothers, but I also had a mother who I was aware enough where it was like I had my homies and it's probably even college. Like I stayed home until I was 29. I was never there, but it was like, if I'm making all this money doing that stuff and she's not putting me out, why am I, why am I even going to leave? I'm not even there, right? But that was always my biggest trigger. And it's again, how she always looked at me is kind of like I was always still a child. Um, so one day she comes home. I have my two guys up there. House is perfectly clean. Cause I know you know that she's always going to find something to nitpick about. Literally, I think I had made some tea. There might be like a spoon in there and she snaps and I'm sitting there like, come on. Okay. You had a bad day at work. Take it out on me. But it takes a, a strong human to understand that I didn't do anything wrong. It's a reflection of herself. Not, exactly. not you. And, I'm, and it pisses her off even more. Come on. Let it out. You mother. Come on. Come on. Get it all out. But I got to be that punching bag. There's nobody else. Like, again, no, I've seen my mom being been abused, things like that. Like, I've seen it all, right? But it's a thing. It's like, again, how do you internalize it and how do you use it? Well, you probably grow up very confused. Mm-hmm. But then maybe once you've gotten therapy, once you've grown your own emotional intelligence, 
You said something in the very beginning of our conversation that she is this way for no reason. Mm -hmm. Have you started to reflect on the past and think about her life and try to find the reason and but become more aware? Yeah, but if I can't, if nobody communicates it to me, right? And right. so I literally, like, three days ago, I told her we should never, ever talk again in our lives. Like, I didn't, in my head, I didn't let my mama go years ago, right? Like, I don't need her. I, I understand that she will never change who she is. So, I, again, I can't control that. Like, literally, she tried to send me a text about student loans. And, you know, when I was going through this breakup and stuff, she had texted me. So I, I it was a perfect time. I was like, the universe is always going to send me a message, right? Cool. I, I say, hey, we need to go to therapy. I need to fix some stuff. I feel like our relationship it is. Okay, cool. I already know that's that's not her, right? She, she'll, she'll, she'll say, yeah. And then, again, she texted me the other day about student loans. I'm sitting there like, no, when are we going to therapy? And she was like, you have to do your healing on your own. I'm like, I told her, I'm fine. Like, I'm, I'm right 95% of my life. But I know because emotionally, and it's not even me being vulnerable, not, not being able to be vulnerable with a woman, but it's like when I control everything, it's just like, why am I going to put it in somebody else's hands? Not even love. It's just like I think I'm more afraid of losing myself than giving my heart. Else? Yeah, like I'm, not, I'm, I'm scared of losing me. Because I only had me and making to And making sacrifices and stuff that you love doing. Because it's my controls. It's my life. And it's just like, I got to find, I wouldn't say I have to find somebody who's equally yoked, but it's just like, if, if, the, <laughs> if, 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 if the puzzle fits, great. But it's my, it's my head and my head. I have to think that I have to eventually sacrifice some stuff of work or like being able to take a step back in that to work on my relationship. Well, I have to find balance just to try to make an intimate relationship work. But what, do you have to have an intimate relationship in your mind? Who knows, right? God put me on a path and whoever is on it with me is great. But I feel like this is my, my job to help people. And it's like, I'm pretty sure it wants to be great. I'm pretty sure everybody's here to be with somebody for sure. Would I like it for sure? Do I want a family? Do I want kids? Do I want marriage? Yes, uh, for sure. But it's you do want that. I do want one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like again, I'm 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 meant to be with somebody. But it's what is it going to take for me to to get that? Isn't a certain amount of money? Is it a way I can step back, or do I feel like is it going to take away from me trying to impact people? There's right? an inevitable sacrifice that you will have to have to confront mm -hmm. in order to do what you just said you want to do one hundred percent. And I think it comes from two reasons. One is either the person I was with wasn't the person to make me kind of want to work on my relationship or it was the second where it's like I literally can't I can't give you words of affirmation I, I like literally I might say like good job that's what's up like but like I'm not that person to be like go like I literally almost threw up one time trying to tell somebody good job because I didn't believe they were doing a good job like I literally felt sick to my stomach I was like it was it was I was going out to like that's when I was at excess tennis there's a girls working out they had a group class and I'm sitting there walking on the side with my client and so much in me. I want to be a positive person. Like, not saying that I'm a negative person, yeah. but I, the false positivity, like, it, it does something to me. Because I'm like, that person ain't doing a good job. Why well, you well, it sounds like you, you, you've lived a, an authentic life. And yes. if you don't feel like you're being authentic, it eats, it eats at you. It literally. Like, I'm sitting there like, I can't, I can't lie like that to tell you you are doing a great job when your expectation is here. People will be like, at least I showed up. No, like you're here to be, you're paying me a lot of money to get here. So it's like, yes, I still have to be aware. Like, hey, you did show up. Great job. But that's not the goal. Like, that's the thing where it's like, I set such, and that's the bad thing where it's like, oh, my partner, I put too high expectations. Some people don't want to be me. And that's what I have to come to realization. It's like, people don't want that responsibility. People don't want to sacrifice most of their life. I just had a conversation like, why don't you travel more? I'm like, look, this is my kingdom. I need to bring people in here to make them better. Could I do it somewhere? Yeah, but to me, traveling is a, 
none, I can't say a selfish thing, but it's about me. Like, I don't, if I don't want to go, I'm fine. Like, I don't have to explore more or again. It's like, do I want to travel the world? For sure. But it's not like, it's not more important than me helping everybody who steps into the gym and who I feel like I need to change their life in some trajectory to make their life better. It's not more important than that. Do you, do you experience a lot of like overjoy or happiness or laughing uncontrollable uncontrollably do you experience those moments a lot or would you say you're more just always kind of centered on peace and gratitude and maybe not so much seeking those moments where you feel elated and laughing uncontrollably smiling no i'm I'm, I'm always happy like i tell you like again it might not seem it but i'm always fine like i'm because again it's like i'm grateful for everything the good and the bad and so i'm sitting there like i can't i'm just not sad like i i what, what is there to be sad about, right? And again, it's like, oh, well, you can't um, compare people's problems. And I'm like, gee, I have it. We have it a lot. This is first world. Like, we sitting there. People don't even have clean drinking water. And I'm like, what am I? I'm going to complain about my phone being slow. Like, literally, I, literally, I almost had to, to, to kick out my client. She just came from back from Miami. The weather is beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Traffic. Showed up 47 minutes late. Didn't even get mad at her about that. Traffic, cool, whatever. She started complaining about the weather. I said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, because you can't control that shit. Traffic, cool. You can't really do it either. But we're talking about the weather. Oh, I came back to this bullshit. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. What are you complaining about? And she texts me. She's like, I needed that. I'm sitting there like, I know when to do it, but I got to keep I gotta keep people aware of when you're really not That, that requires a lot of emotional intelligence because you could, you could, the wrong, you do it at the wrong time, someone take it very and negative. And, and exactly, I know my relationship with people to say right. that to certain, I'm not going to say that to anybody I don't know, but I'm sitting there like, gee, shut up. Yeah, some people just need to hear it. Exactly, and I'm sitting there like, what are we talking, what are we complaining well, about? complaining is, uh, to me, it's an ultimate waste of energy. You know, it's not very productive. Exactly, and I can't, it's like, not productive at all. Exactly, at all. Oh, yeah, well, not very productive, yeah, not productive at all, yeah, it's and a that's the thing where, But that's what I'm saying, having emotional attachment to a, to something that you have to do is a waste of energy at the same time, like every action does not have to come with an emotion. Just get it done. Just get it done. You said it there. Just get it done. I don't have to go. Oh, I hate this shit. Oh, shut up. Just work. Just work. So, so do you do you let your clients? Because we had on a therapist yesterday, mm -hmm. and we had this conversation around around venting. Okay. Do you let your clients vent? Because what I told her is like I don't really I don't feel the need to vent much mm -hmm. but when I do it feels good right and, she, and her yeah. her response was there's you know it's actually very unhealthy to vent because all you're doing is complaining and it's leading it's like a cycle of negativity okay. and she and she kind of compared it to you know going home to your partner or whatever it might be coming home from work mm -hmm. and you're complaining about you know oh man my coworker this coworker this and this and that and so she's like on the flip side what I suggest to people is when you get home, tell them about the best thing that happened in, in your day. She's right. like, that, that bad stuff, that still happened, but right. you don't need to focus on it. Right. And instead of, you know, being so emotionally driven about all this stuff, like, think about it more in terms of how can we be productive? Like, okay, this happened. Here's how I felt. What can we do about it? So right. do you let your, your your clients kind of vent? Or like, how does that work? They do, but they know what I'm going to say, though. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't get to vent without me, and I'm going to say criticizing, but without, let's find a solution. Right, right. Like, I get clients that come in and cry about that. Right, you're, you're not going to go, oh, that sucks. So you're oh, not going to no, I'm not. Right. I'm the last motherfucker you'd like to come with with that. So it's the thing of, like, somebody tried to tell me, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to talk to you as a friend. I said, it's not going to work. I'm not that guy. Like, I, I fired a client because I didn't like the relationship she was in. 100%. We done went over this for the last two years. You shouldn't be with him. You get We talk about sign after sign after sign after sign after sign after sign. Why the fuck are you still in this relationship? 
once you made it official, you got to go. Because I love you too much and I care about you too much to watch you do that to yourself. So that is that is communicating as a friend, a true friend. And that's the difference where people are like, heck, you always... I don't, yes, you can you can talk to me about what the issue is. But if I'm telling you, let's find a solution for it, what's the issue? You're going to tell people what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to exactly. hear. Exactly. And I'm sitting here. But also, I'm going to give them a non-biased perspective. Well, did you think about it like this? Well, did you put yourself in their shoes? Did you do this? And I'm not sitting there like... I'm not judging you for, again, how you feel is valid. But let's figure out why you feel that way. What is hurting? Why do you feel disrespected? Why are you sad? Why are you even upset? Let's figure it out. And then let's get down to the bottom of it. Cool. And at the same time, you still got to lift weights. And, and, that's, and that's the thing where it's like those 90 seconds in between sets matter. Or it's like, cool, we lift, let's rest 90 seconds. But if I get something out of them, great, get back to lift. Boom, get back. I want to get back to something. Um, you talked about your experience in boxing. Mm-hmm. You're a physically fit person. Mm-hmm. You're a man. Yeah. Um, but you're in touch with your emotional control. And, you know, I think there's this idea that men out to be able to be dangerous, able mm-hmm. to be physically strong. Yeah. Um, but then that, that can then lead into, you know, people don't never manage their anger right. and they can inflict that damage on somebody. Now you swing the pendulum all the way over and mm-hmm. it's this idea of, well, now if you're going to try to be strong and fit and dangerous and able to fight, well, that becomes toxic. Mm-hmm. So a man out to not be able to do those things. Right. I think you're somewhere where I, I think we should be, which is I am able to be dangerous, mm-hmm. but I have the control to not do that. For sure. What has been your relationship with violence? And I mean, I, honestly, I, I ain't been in too many fights because, again, it's just the point of, like, I don't put myself in dangerous situations or I don't put myself around people I don't like. Like, I never really had to. People did not not like me. Like, I've never really had to whoop people ass like that on, like... And it sounds like, like you were around it a lot in your childhood, and like you saw it with your mom. And like, yeah, my mom, like I'm fighting with my mom. Yeah. I'm not fighting, but like, again, I, I think again, the world's either gonna break you or the people in the house are gonna break you. One, either way, something is bound to happen. And now, again, my mom was whooping my ass, like for no reason. I tell you, I got the PlayStation cords, like it didn't matter. Like I got whooped from home. I didn't even get whooped from other kids around. But I never went out there like, ooh, I gotta beat somebody ass because I'm getting my ass beat at home. Again, I was always in sports, you know grade school, damn near softball, baseball, uh, basketball, floor hockey. So I just always kept myself physically fit, college, basketball. So it's just like I've always was moving. And again, I never felt like I, I, I wouldn't say I never felt like I needed an outlet, but I never even had one to even think I, to, to even have an outlet. Like I didn't even know what an outlet looked like until going to therapy. Like, I but, but even today, right? Yeah. Like you have a confrontation, let's say, and somebody is really challenging you mm-hmm. and you're a trained fighter. Yeah. You know you can probably inflict harm on them. Yeah. But you're also in touch with your logic and your emotional control. Yeah. And so it takes a certain amount of strength to restrain from right. what you can do. Right. Versus what you think is the best thing to do, which is ultimately not not to inflict violence on somebody. Yeah, because somebody somebody tried me in the gym and it was funny. And but I but you have to process and understand where their anger comes from. Right. right. Like you only feel like I only feel like you need to inflict pain on somebody or violence if they touch you first. Yep. Like I literally somebody tried it and I was talking to him and again he was dealing with some other stuff right and he felt like I did something. I'm saying like no, I'm I'm trying to communicate with you right and. He had say he was like, lower your voice. And I literally, like, my client was right here, right? And he was like, lower your voice. And I'm sitting there like, one, you're younger than me, right? Two, I, I'm just, I'm sitting there looking at him. 
But it was funny. So my clients there, I literally did a 360. Like I walked in a circle. It was like, who are you talking to? I'm like, gee, I'm too mentally, emotionally stable to ever let you get me out of pocket. Like if that... That's the thing. Yeah, that, and that's right. That's you can't you can't move me. Like what do you like? Unless you swing, you can't move me. That's because, the biggest difference. Yeah. It's not about hey, I'm physically stronger than you. Or I can fight you right now. Or you're not challenging from a physical standpoint. You defeated this person emotionally. Mentally. And I'm yeah, and I'm sitting there like, are you sick? Like you've seen me move mentally. Like nothing can break me. And you sitting here, you think I'm just gonna lose it all in a mold with cameras in here, and I'm just gonna go ahead and bust off you? Like I'm not gonna hit you. Like. You, unless you hit me first, it doesn't make sense. I got too much to lose, and I got way too much to lose to think that you not you can't move me. I'm, I, and that's the thing where it's scary was like you can't get me to go there unless you physically touch me. You can't get me to go there because again, I have to allow you to get me to go there. And that's when it comes back on me. Like I gotta get mad. You have to make me mad. But again, I have to allow you to make me mad. And I'm sitting there like again, I got too way too right. much. Right, you know control. the ramifications. And I, I got too much to lose. Right. I, I was in Italy and we were at a port. And I was just, it just made me think of when this happened of like, just shoot, like guy just with no control over their emotions. Like I watched two taxi drivers. I got, I wish I got, I got the end of it on video. Uh, Go at, like one guy got out of the car and I'm like, these angry Italians, man, these guys are angry, (laughs) like wailing on each other in the middle of the port. And then like, finally they get like five minutes wailing on each other. They get broken up. Guys got no shirt, drives away, like nothing happened. And I'm just like. You guys, I mean, now there's no ramifications because you're in public, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like you guys just let, and I don't even know what it's about, like right. probably some guy didn't pay or wh- whatever, like right. something so minuscule, but you just let your your emotions get so out mm-hmm. of sorts mm-hmm. and to, to just start wailing on someone in public. And yeah. I'm just like, I, I could never do that, like, right? Like I, I could never, like you couldn't get me there. It would take a lot to get me to that place. Yeah, and I think, but I think again, a lot of people aren't aware because it's like, what is the average person that does go to therapy? What do what one? What do they even look like? Two, can they afford it? Right? Like I understand. Like, that, that, that's another thing with therapy that I think I, I took for granted yeah. as someone with oh, with a job that that it's sub, you know, have health insurance, you know. I pay for my client stuff. Like I will literally pay for like at least six to ten sessions. Mm. Now, get, get, here's a thousand dollars here. Who's it? like? Because it's always going to come back. Like, again, yeah. if I can't help you, I know who you need to go to. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't, again, yeah, it's a write-off too. But I'm sitting there like, I'd rather spend my money on helping you understand. Because, yeah, you might hear and what I say is valid. But she's going to break down more of even why you are the way you are. I can understand it. And if you don't want to listen to me, great. Talk to them. And that's why they always say, oh, you sound like her. Like, yes, because she taught me. So when you guys talk, I already understand what you're truly going through already. I'm just sitting there like... I don't have the the PhD on the wall and things like that, but again, I've done the work myself where it's like I can see it because I'm so aware, but I've done so much homework on myself and I love studying human psychology now and again, uh, couple that with me having my marketing guru was like everything is about human behavior. You said it perfectly like you know, it doesn't matter what we say unless the visual the visuals are perfect. You can't get past the human eye. Like that's what first attracts us. Ooh, great. Then we give them the content, but you said it perfectly. But there's science behind that. And so that's what kind of makes you even more dangerous is like mentally I can't be touched, but mentally I can move you in the needle I want to. But that's marketing in general, right? How do you move human behavior to the way you want it to go? And you've been doing therapy for years. So like I feel like you've been doing therapy for about a year. And even Mm -hmm. in my year of therapy, I feel like my emotional intelligence has has skyrocketed Mm -hmm. just because... It's allowed me to see, I, I've learned about like blind spots. I think we all have blind spots about ourselves, about yeah. how we perceive ourselves versus mm-hmm. reality. 
and just being in the in those sessions with her and just seeing how she thinks and the questions she asks like it's been amazing so i, I, I and I'm, i have no plans on stopping therapy like yeah. again like I, I just think it's a great tool to work on myself so another four years from now like i can yeah. only imagine like what you're able to see exactly and, it's and not like, because nonverbal communication is like 80 percent of communication so somebody can tell me something but it's the way they say it and what they're doing with their hands or exactly. way that where you can really tell is that is that actually true exactly and so that's the thing was like i can tell when someone truly needs like all right, if we're good today, we can have a hard workout. All right, what's wrong? Like, again, be, but because I'm so in tune with it, like, just because I don't move it doesn't mean I don't feel it. Like, I feel when something's off. I feel if we have animosity. Let's talk about it. Cool, me and my clients, we get into it, even if it's stuff outside. All right, come on. I might be stubborn at first. All right, come on, man, let's talk about it. Da, da, da. And it, it wouldn't be, like, you, you heard me be, get loud in, in the gym, but it's not like, it's like passionate loud. Yeah. It's like us going, it's not like arguing. And that's the difference where it's just like, yeah, we got to talk this out. Like, because again, it's like I tell people all the time. I have tried to right every wrong in my life. That's why I sleep so peacefully. And that's the thing where you sit and people are like, man, you know, I can't go to sleep. My mind be racing. What are we thinking about? It's either something that you can't control, you're too worried about it, or you feel like you're not equipped to handle whatever it is. And I'm saying like you're fine. But again, it's like everything is made up in your head and how you perceive yourself, how you look at the world. And I'm saying like my perspective is great. I don't suffer with much stuff. I think if the average person listens to this conversation, you put yourself in a position they ought to look up to you in certain ways, but mm -hmm. I want to put you in a vulnerable spot here. What's yeah. the hardest part for you right now, and you know, what, or what has been the hardest thing for you to work on, whether it's a trait, uh, an emotion, where have you struggled versus um, uh, you know, maybe other things that maybe came easier for you? No, just my relationship with my mom. Like, relationship with mom? Yeah, for sure. 100% the hardest thing. What's, like, what's the hardest part about that? coming to a realization that I will never get what I'm looking from her, at least not right now, right? And to figure out I am the reason why my relationship failed. Nobody else. It's not her. She's a great partner, great, amazing person. I cannot give her what she wants. And that's the thing where it's like I struggle with it. Is it because of how she raised me? I'm grateful because it made me successful. Or is it, is it I, I, in my head, I've forgiven her, right? I don't know what to unpack because I don't know her. And I think that's mm -hmm. what it is where it's like, I don't know what you went through because you won't tell me. And so I'm sitting here like, I'm not trying to. And I'm, you can't force it out of her. Exactly. Right? And then it becomes with, the a, weather. with a loved one that's. I can't, I can't, can't, can't do the it. The problem becomes like the weather, right? And so, and exactly. And so I'm sitting here like, I am emotionally everybody. Heck, you're a robot. You're cold. No, I've, I've helped everybody. I feel everything. It's just I have not allowed myself to, even what people say, be vulnerable. It's because I don't know how to in that aspect of an intimate relationship. Or it's just like, cool, I, I, you know, again, I value work a lot. So it's, again, how do I see people? It, again, my mama taught me two things. It was like, don't get no girls pregnant early and young and work hard. And I've done that. But again, it's just like, you, I don't know what you went through. But again, sometimes in her head, it's like, oh, well, that didn't happen. I'm sitting here like, yes, it did. I, I am not delusional enough to how you treated me as a child and things you said to me affected me. But did it affect me in a good way because it made me the man I am? Or do I sit here? It's like, yes, 95% of my life is great. It's just 5%. But again, how much does this 5% mean to me? And what am I willing to sacrifice? Or how far am I willing to go into myself to fix that inner child that didn't get the words of affirmation, that didn't get the, the love and the nurturing from the mother, but I've gotten everything else from her. Like, again, you gave me the big parts that helped me survive in society. You didn't give me the parts that mentally that I had to go fix or had to come to terms with where it's like, I'm not going to get that. And am I trying, people say, am I trying to be that person that, 
was trying to, I wish I could help my mother. Again, I, that's why I used to date single mothers. Like, not even knowing, like, unintentionally, like, I would try to save somebody that didn't save my mom. You feel me? So it's like, it comes down to the fact, like, why do you start messing with these people? Why do you start around? But then when you figure out why you do what you do. Yeah, it's like why, you know, the avoidant uh, attachments that will often, they will often find people that are the opposite. Mm -hmm. Because the opposites attract, they're also, they're also very toxic together. Yeah. But that's why. Um, so, so I totally get it. But we're gonna wrap up here. But Heather, or Heather, geez, uh, <laughs> we we had Heather on Heather on a couple weeks ago. Hector, I really appreciate you coming on here, being appreciate vulnerable, guys, sharing man. sharing your story. Uh, I think a lot our, our audience is gonna benefit greatly. I know we had a great time. Uh, we're gonna sign off here. Actually, I got three rapid fire questions well, for you. Yeah, and before that, where can we find you, man? Where can people follow you? Yeah, um, most mostly it's just on IG. I'm not gonna change my name, but I've had it since high school. It's HDTVUC13. And it rhymes. That's the only reason I like it. But I've had it since high school, and people are like change it. Heck, I'm like, no, it's okay. That's yeah, just... we'll, we'll drop all that in yeah. the in the in the description and the links. Uh, so three rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of answer them off the top of the head. But okay. first one, what's like either the best piece of advice you've ever been given, or just like a favorite quote? Um, the foolish man seeks happiness in the distance. The wise man grows it under his feet. Oh, I like that. Yeah. All right. Next one. Wow, that's a good one. We should have started. We should have started with that. We could have broke that down. Uh, <laughs> next one. If you could have dinner with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Mm, that's a good one. Probably J. Cole, just because that's my favorite artist. And again, I feel like I resonated with him a whole lot. And that's the person one mind I want to I want to pick because I feel like we're kind of similar. Lastly, like, I mean, I kind of already know, the hobbies, what do you like to do in your free time? Learn, sleep, chill, and that's what you said, like, that's my unwind stuff, where it's like, I do everything, I just want to chill and relax, because I do so much every day, but just, again, I'm very simple, like, I tell people, like, a, a perfect day to me is just eating fruit, watching Fresh Prince of Martin, and just relaxing. Like, I don't want much at all. Like, I'm very much a minimalist type of person. That, that, that's a good mentality to have. All right, we're going to sign off here. Thanks again, Hector. No, I appreciate you guys.